Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. A lot of areas received uh, rain this week throughout the state and actually throughout the Midwest. Reports coming in from growers uh, with as high as two inches of rain uh, earlier in the week. Here at the office, we got about two tenths. Uh, that's about par for the course. Uh, that's our rationing, I guess you would say, for the week or for the season. Um, and this rain will help, uh, again, on some of the later beans and the uh, corn that hasn't black layered yet it'll give it a little bit of push so scenario where we'll take it plus it's starting to maybe rebuild uh, some of the negative numbers we got in, in groundwater out there as well um, and it'll knock the leaves off of some of those beans and move them along a little bit uh, towards harvest crop reports still it's the early corn that's being harvested that earlier april corn in decatur's uh, uh, area we've seen some 190 to 240 bushel corn still coming in out of there off in the Winchester, those guys over there slowed down on the corn and moved back to the soybeans. Soybean yields again, we're talking about April planted beans in an area where they received uh, more rainfall. Um, yields swing in from the lower 60s to the upper 80s for field averages and a number of fields in the mid 70s. So that's kind of exciting. Down in the Sullivan area, they too have slowed down on the corn, moved back to the rain. Uh, or move back to the beans in an area where we didn't get any August rain and seeing three six beans in that um, 70 to upper 80 range talking with the grower uh, this afternoon the field he was in was holding a field average of 99 some of them are big numbers also had a field out that came out down there that had some dicamba drift on it and um, as far as they could tell after harvesting there was no difference in yield between the drifted area and not so we'll report on some of those as they come in and see how they come out um, in the drier area um, again some beans coming out there better than expected too. some 65 bushel april beans we would have settled for 45 bushels so that's uh, exciting there Tazewell County uh, guys are moving away from corn letting it dry down and back into beans and again reporting April beans in that mid 70s so um, again as we see these early crops coming in they're fairly exciting I hope this will hang on for our late April stuff uh, that got planted in the tougher zone as well as the May uh, corn and beans that are out there as well uh, but not much of that if any that have had reports on coming through on the pest front uh, this week for the most part finished up spraying some aphids in some of the late planted replanted double crop beans group four beans uh, as well as some late planted corn for aphids uh, aphid pressures have built in a lot of fields a lot of reports coming in about the aphid pressure out there um, the pilots uh, that have been out there spraying as well as doing the cover crop applications um, up in the donovan area uh, the pilots reporting that they had to after 80 acres of cover crop seeding had to bring the plane down and clean the windshield because the aphid uh, were so thick on the plains itself that means that these aphids are up and moving they're either moving to greener fields or they're moving to their winter home but a lot of traffic uh, as far as aphid pressure moving around out there today also in the pest front reports of a number of reports actually called in on a dark moth that they're seeing in the combine or on the combine um, especially at night in the headlights and stuff and for the most part these are clover worms uh, and the moths are flying around these would have been those green caterpillars that were feeding on your soybeans as well as in your clover fields itself that's the adult version uh, making a run also seen a, a pretty good burst of rootworm beetle 
especially the southern rootworm beetle, which is also known as a cucumber beetle. It's a spotted rootworm beetle. Uh, we normally deal with the western here in Illinois. We do see some northern, uh, and in some years we see the southern itself. The southern kind of has to move in. It overwinters in the soil as an adult, so it doesn't uh, survive as well here as the western rootworm and the northern do it south. But it's, uh, it's here in numbers, um, and that would be that spotted beetle that you might see even around the lights and stuff in these warmer temperatures itself. Uh, and they will feed on corn and they will prune roots back. So it's not like we uh, don't worry about it. But if we have a hard winter, it will knock those numbers back for us. But that's something to keep in mind as we fire the combines up, especially in the uh, corn on corn fields or even in the soybean fields, is pay attention to the amount of activity you see of rootworm beetles on the windshield of that combine. I know it's not scientific, but it has a pretty good forerunner to what kind of pressure is going to be in that field next year. So when you're combining a field and a lot of beetles are moving back and forth across the windshield, snap a picture and send that in uh, as well. But also mark that as a possible problem for next year uh, that we're going to have to manage the rootworm pressure in that field itself. Again, it's not scientific, but it does kind of correlate to some of the sticky track uh, that are put out when you see a late burst of rootworms start showing up in the soybean field itself kind of gives you an idea of what's out there so kind of pay attention to that as the combines move forward itself as I said these uh, rains that came through are kind of a blessing they definitely were uh, where we got a lot of cover crops out because uh, we were waiting for rain to get them started the last two or three weeks uh, there's been a lot of cover crops put in without any moisture to fire them up so I'm hoping they'll take off here at the office and some of our test strips we had to fire up the irrigator uh, to get those up where we didn't irrigate they're not up so a situation where we need that water um, out there itself as we move along to harvest uh, all you cooperators that are participating in our seed pods uh, don't forget we got to hand harvest ears out of there uh, and we'll need to get you some bags or uh, make a time for our crew to come in there and harvest those ears but we do want to make sure we don't miss out on those itself. I want to spend a little bit of time this week talking about fall soil testing. Um, this year, we added one more layer um, to our data set, and it changes how we pull your soil test. And what we've added is uh, LIDAR maps or topography maps, if we want to call them that. They show us the topography of your field and the shifts within it. We still start with the base map, the soil type map, but now we bring in soil topography. And it's available in most counties, but not all counties, and in most townships, but again, but not all townships. But as the counties and townships come available, um, we're using it. Um, but where it's available, um, we're using them to help us reassign your soil test uh, polygons out there so this process is a little time consuming our GIS crew in here pulls in the topo map overlays it on top of your soil type map then along with yield maps if you have them and any aerial imagery they go through it all and they uh, use this data then to recut your soil maps uh, your soil sample uh, themes out there itself and this is bringing our soil test accuracy to an all new level. Uh, if it's a situation where we can uh, now look at not only soil type, but topography changes within that soil type itself. 
Now, if we've ID'd yield zones from past yield maps on your farm, they stay. We don't change them at all. But in a lot of cases, the LIDAR maps are actually identifying why the yield zones are there. It's amazing how many of those yield zones are strictly related to topography. And this has been something we've been waiting for for some time, but its availability has been limited. And this is something we can bring down uh, on the internet itself and use it uh, in our um, management zones and cutting up those samples itself. Many of you got to see this LIDAR change in your summer soil testing. And the response from growers has been way overwhelming, very positive as far as they like what they see and they like the uh, accuracy we're able to bring into the soil testing program. The challenge, though, is to, in implementing the LIDAR to your maps is that it involves some time and preparation here in the office with our crew, meaning that we need to do a lot of work to reprep that map. So uh, what I'm saying is we need to... Um, move forward on your fall testing you need to turn in those orders as early as possible give us the time we need to get the maps raid so we can follow up behind the combines and keep you in a timely turnaround for your fall needs itself so please get uh, your fall orders into the office as soon as you can or to your retailer asap so you give us a time window uh, to make these maps and, and regenerate them I think, again, it's bringing our soil testing accuracy to an all-new level that we haven't had before. We've been waiting for it, and it's finally here for most counties, most townships. In some areas, it's not, and as soon as it does become available, we'll implement it as well. But I'm excited about it. A lot of growers are excited about it. These maps are accurate enough to do drainage off them. So if you need a copy to think about drainage plans, um, we can do that. And this LiDAR was shot with airplanes basically with sonar imaging similar to a depth finder on a fishing boat where they can tell the difference between the top of a tree or the top of the corn and the soil and map out your topography itself. So uh, again, um, but we do need some time. This is not a simple thing. This involves some um, process of putting layers together and analyzing through layers of data, especially if you have yield maps but even for you guys that don't have yield maps, this finally gives us some of the accuracy we were looking for uh, in a soil test when we don't have a yield map itself. So again, we need time. So you know, get those orders in. Uh, don't expect to call an order in on Monday and be able to sample it that afternoon. It's, it's a little more complicated than that. And we'd appreciate your thought on that as well. For those of you that haven't seen uh, what we're talking about here with the LiDAR data, I'll have Zachary uh, put up an example of a field on the website. You can go there and take a look at it uh, and see why we're, uh, again, so excited about it itself. For the growers out there who have plots that we need to harvest, again, as much uh, head time response that you can give us, the better it would be. Again, we'll be running both of our scale carts wide open as well as coming and helping you work with your scale carts itself. But any forewarning would help us. We get a couple, three days notice of when you're thinking about moving in that direction. It sure helps our crew in here to stay on time. Remember, she's warm out there. She's dry in a lot of areas. Let's keep an eye on those combine fires and don't let anything get out of hand. And definitely with that, keep it safe. Keep her moving.